This is Sid Haig for Nightmare Junkhead. Listen, or I'll come over there and put my boot all up in your ass. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that always comes back for seconds. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we are giving (coughs) thanks, talking turkey, and carving up our favorite food-based films, along with a few Thanksgiving horror highlights. Mm -hmm. But let me be, and I'm very excited to announce this. Let me remind you guys, we are part of the newly founded Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And yes, this is an offshoot of where we were from Boom Howdy, Mm -hmm. but we had so many horror-based podcasts there that it made sense to create our Our own own horror podcast network. We do, and so we have a little horror family here, uh, a host of horrific horror podcasts, if you will, and we were actually going to be treating you Monday through Friday, so every single day you are going to be getting a new episode from one of these various podcasts. Mm -hmm. including we have attack of the killer podcast we have the modern horrors podcast we have the horror scouts podcast we have the dark was the night podcast we have the super creepy fun time hour podcast and we have the this might sound crazy podcast and then rounding it out we have the Nerd Soup Podcast. Yes. And so Monday through Friday, every single day, you will get a new horror-related podcast, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Your horror fix. Sincerely, because, yeah. I mean, it's nailing every element. There's um, true co- true crime horror, which is a huge thing right now, just in terms yeah. of looking at, like, you know, modern serial killers, true mm-hmm. crime cases. Uh, you're going to have your horror-related news commentary you're gonna have new uh reviews retro reviews yeah all horror there's creepy pastas yes it's fantastic yeah. interviews you know just everything that you can want on this and you can find all of this over at downrightcreepy.com mm-hmm. and that's going to include us nightmare junkhead and all the other podcasts that we just talked about but if you are like me and you like to listen to us on the go simply search for nightmare junkhead in your itunes stitcher or soundcloud app Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your horror hole. Yes, up indeed. So, my apologies, we are a day late with this particular episode. We were supposed to record and drop this yesterday. Uh, Very rarely will we record an episode the day of, but occasionally it happens just with our schedules and so forth. So, we had intended to record yesterday. Uh, But here in the Kansas City area, the weather... (laughs) weather's been fucked up, It's been really weird, because here we are, this is uh, November... November, what is it? 14th? No, we're the 18th at this really? point. Really? Where the fuck did November go, man? The entire year of 2016 has it's been like, like that. Next week's Thanksgiving, and I'm thinking it should be like three weeks from now. No, you're going to blink, and 2017 will be here. I know. It's insane. God. But it's been so unseasonably warm mm-hmm. that, I mean, I've been driving the scooter around. Right, wearing shorts and shit. It's insane. Like, last it's... week was like 75 degrees. And I'm accustomed to this point mm-hmm. with the cold weather, man. I need that crisp. Mm-hmm. And it's been driving my migraines crazy. Yeah. And I only started developing migraines probably about four years ago and they've just been steadily just increased and just the last like month or two they've been just driving me insane so last night i was like dude i've been staving one off all day was busy at work i was like let me just recuperate you know whole scanners thing going on straight up i was like who's thinking about me who's thinking about michael ironside somewhere (laughs) right see you at the party (laughs) but um migraine or no migraine i knew i had to give lola a walk Mm -hmm. and 
And even on a day when I'm sick, I still, even if it's just around the block, you know, right. to the point that she needs to get out, sniff around. It's Lola. It's yeah. part of her therapy, you right, know, right, if you right, will. Right. Um, and I almost think they're almost insulting, actually, when I go really short. She's like, really, motherfucker? Like, this is all I get? <laughs> Fucking cock tease. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm out there, and I don't want to do this, but it's like, again, you're kind of fatherly duty or whatever, right, right, parental right. duty. And we're on the last street for uh, before we head home. And I see a little dog running around off leash. Uh-huh. And whenever I see that, I'm immediately like, oh, shit. Like, and especially if someone. Somebody's dog, baby. Yeah. Well, yeah. that or what is it going to do to Lola? Mm-hmm. Because it's not on a leash. It's out of control. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, OK. Because Lola's a lover, not a fighter. She's very much a lover. Yeah. And she's not necessarily one of those dogs that's going to approach another dog. Right. She's more apt to go up to a human. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, my you know, the spider sense t- starts tingling. And I'm mm-hmm. like, OK, if it approaches Lola, drop the leash. So Lola has a fighting chance. And then my strategy, well, no, no, my strategy then is to go in behind the dog, grab it by its hind legs and pull. What kind of dog was it? It was, it was a little um, Australian shepherd Uh and he was, she was adorable. And so I see her kind of, and she sees Lola and she sees me and I can see her. She's kind of tentatively going towards us. And Uh I'm like, okay, well, let's see where this goes, you know? And then she, her and Lola kind of do their little dance smelling and she's okay. Uh And I'm like, okay, that seems okay. And she comes right up to me, like right up to me and just lays down on her belly. Oh, just, just very much like, Hey, we're cool. Right. Uh And so, and I'm sitting again, migraines blazing, but I noticed she's got a collar yeah and tags on the collar i'm like okay this is to my advantage but it's at night and so at this point i'm not gonna be able to see anything right so i'm like okay what am i gonna do here is it my responsibility to save this puppy Uh because you never know you know there could be a chud exactly grab it yeah because that's what that's what they do that's the very first fucking kill in the movie So i did have you in my mind when i thought you know when i was thinking about this but Mm -hmm. it's like oh you know what i'm gonna walk home if this dog follows me and lola back I'll I will go ahead and intervene, mm-hmm. and sure enough, uh, she did. And so I take Lola inside, and I've got this dog on my front porch. And again, migraine is blazing, mm-hmm. and so I'm trying to get an idea of what's on her collar and her tag. Meanwhile, your head's going, rum, 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 and rum, it's, rum, everything rum, is dizzy. Yeah. Again, I'm trying not to explode, and I'm trying not to giggle as well because the dog <laughs> just will not stand still. Uh-huh. Like a lot of a puppy, a very much puppy energy. And so I finally get it so I can read one of the numbers, and I get the number, and I get him on the phone, and it's a pet finder number. And then they're like, okay, uh, is there another number on the tag? And I'm like, oh, my God. God damn it. It's like, Again? Fucking it's like, shit. Are you, do you understand how hard this is right, for me right now? Right, So I was able to find that. And they go, okay, is this uh, is it an Australian Shepherd? I was like, yes, it is. And they're like, oh, it's a rutabaga. And I'm like, oh, Rudy. Okay, right on, Rudy. And so I'm talking to Rudy, and we're having a good time. Uh-huh. And she's like, okay, I've got a number of the owners. And I'm like, isn't there any way to, like, patch me through? And she's like, no, no, no. It's like, God damn it. So I had to go in and get a, uh, you know, a pen and paper, write everything down. Mm-hmm. And so I get the number, and I call the people up, and I'm feeling pretty heroic at this point. Right, you know, right, saving right. a puppy. You saved a puppy. And I'm like, hey, I, I, you know, I think I found your puppy, Rudy. And they're like, oh, my God, yeah, um, you know, where are you? And I'm like, I'm here. I gave them my address. And they're like, oh, we're just kind of down the street. And I'm like, okay, so she didn't get far. And they're like, give us 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, no worries. So I've got Rudy on the leash in uh-huh. my front yard. Uh-huh. Now Lola is losing her mind just behind the door like, what's You're happening? You're replacing exactly. me. Exactly. Yeah. You know, she's, I'm sure, getting that anxiety. <laughs> Who is, who's this dog? Who is this bitch? Right. <laughs> she was in heat, so it's a fair you know, right. statement. Right, it's a bitch, yeah. yeah very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm out there, and I've got her walking along the little block area because I don't want to miss them. Mm-hmm. Well, 15 minutes goes by, 30 minutes goes by, 45 minutes go by, and finally I get a phone call. And I've been outside the entire time, and it finally the temperature dropped last night. I should yeah, say as well. Oh yeah, so it, was Sign- it was fucking chilly. And so I finally get a call from them, like, "Hey, I'm sorry, I had something I couldn't get out of. I'm out of it now. I'm on my way." I was like, "No problem." Uh huh. 
And so I'm across my yard in another lot over here. And sure enough, uh, Rudy sees a, a cat. And we've got a lot of feral cats in my neighborhood. It's practically mm-hmm. our, our mascot, the, you know, the Pendleton yeah. Heights feral cats. And I'm not used to puppy strength. Uh-huh. And so Rudy rips the leash out of my hand, uh-huh. goes right across the street uh, into the neighbor's yard. Now, my neighbor's the, yard. The, the one with the pit bull? No, thank God. No, my oh, God. Okay. That could have been That could have been, been really bad. Right. Well, the cat, though, ran in like the only small outline <laughs> of, course. of this fence. And Rudy went right in after her. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I can't get into this fence. Like, it is, like, it's Fort Knox, basically. So I'm like, fuck, what do I do? And I'm like, Rudy, Rudy. And Rudy is after this cat. This cat is up in the tree. And I'm like, oh, my God, these people are going to come by. And I'm going to be like, uh. I lost your dog again. So I'm getting these really weird puppy shenanigans. And then finally, I have one of my neighbors drives up and sees me, like, yelling and walking around this fence. Help me. Help me. And I'm afraid, you know, if anyone doesn't know me and they, you know, there's, like, some... Street, street tough toe. is trying to street get into a house. Trying to, trying to break into a house and throw cats up a tree. And so finally, the cat goes away. I get Rudy's attention. I get her to finally follow me kind of around the fence. And I get her to, I finally get her to go underneath the fence, get her back. I'm like, oh, thank God. Thank God. My hand is all fucked up from it. Right. So finally, her family. And meanwhile, bum, 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 The migraine. Oh, no. The migraine at this point, I think I was so focused on. Ah, I, I took shielded a shielded the psychic right, attack, right, basically. Right. Um, and so finally, Rudy's parents did show up, and they, I gave her away, and I was just like, oh, my God. But it was like, it became this huge ordeal. Debacle. And I was just like, I just need some rest, because I need <laughs> I need to get better. And so... No good deed goes unpunished, Apparently man. not. But uh, we are in the month of uh, November here, and I thought, you know, we, we we like to give thanks a lot on this podcast. So thank you for the uh, the people that uh, came and picked up Rudy, because... Well, and thank you for pick, for saving Rudy. Uh, did they know. say why 15 minutes turned into half a fucking hour? An he hour had and a half? something he couldn't get out of, uh, and okay. and I didn't go inside the entire time because I didn't want to bother Lola or the <laughs> but cat. But it, it wasn't like uh, the night. Uh, it wasn't like uh, the ransom of raw hydrax or something like. No, oh, it's your problem. Like, yeah. Your problem now. Next thing you know, fucking Rudy's shitting all over your house and ripping up the walls and shit. That did run through my mind a few times. It was times. the dog. The dog did it. That's when I want to hire you, and it's like genius. Uh, <laughs> I really need you to take out this dog here. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. It was. Uh, well, we're no longer to be able to do our podcast because genius unfortunately had an accident. Of dog revolving around a dog. It's that fucking dog from Night of the Creeps. It was just like, <laughs> if it was me, I'm walking the dog. Do do do. Chuds. Yeah. Well, if you listen to our Night of the Creeps commentary, we talked about how it's easily a shared universe uh-huh. with everything. So why wouldn't it be part of, of course. the Phantom Podcast Network, of course. if you will? Phantom. Yeah. It, it segues nicely into uh-huh. that. But um, we are in the month of November, and we have been giving thanks here. Yeah. And uh, one of the interesting relationships that horror has with the holidays is that pretty much any holiday that exists. There is a horror film mm-hmm. or a host of other horror films that have ties to it. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas, Halloween, yeah. Valentine's Day, you name it. Fucking you, Columbus Day. Arbor Day. You know, right? you name it, there's probably a film out there. Because, like, you know, the, the, theoretically, Arbor Day horror could be Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Ooh, the, there you the go. Cosby Willow. Yeah, It always finds its ways uh-huh. into there. Plant a tree for America. But I also think this is why horror ultimately gets a bad... Um, 
um, a bad rep for a lot of people because it is easy. Right. So it's low hanging fruit. Very much right. so. But this has always been kind of a, a genre that has been kind of in my cultural horror blind spot for the uh-huh. most part. Um, so that being said, you know, when we did our last Christmas marathon mm-hmm. over at Tapcade last year, uh, we included Silent Night, Deadly Night because. <laughs> Punish. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, right. um, but yeah, the Christmas, um, obviously, I think there are probably more horror related Christmas films. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because uh, Christmas is a horror, horrifying holiday. Well, and that I think there's that's why they're interesting ties to that. Because if you think about just in terms of familial relationships, mm-hmm. you know, the family interactions can be more scary, scary than. Yeah. Michael Myers, mm-hmm. Jason Voorhees, all of those combined. Oh, yeah. And so that's why I think it's kind of rich and ripe for mm. that area. Oh, for the most, most part. definitely. And while it's, it's a little disappointing here in the month of uh, November that we're in, there really aren't that many Thanksgiving-related right. horror films. Now, that not to say that there aren't any. Now, we've got a list here, but here's the thing on mine. Number one, I've hardly seen any of them hmm. because, like I said, this is my <laughs> blind spot. Right. Are it's, you familiar with a lot of I'm, these? Not a lot of them, but I'm familiar with a few of them. You know, I mean, and some I know of my reputation, you know, so I mean, because I I feel like we are both very astute in the studies of horror and we are very uh, knowledgeable and can hold our own against anybody. Quite a few, quite a few. However, (laughs) that being said, there's no fucking way we've seen every single one of them, you know, I mean, right. Well, and, and also, but to harken back to Horror Christmas on December tenth at the Tapcade, we're having our Christmas triple feature: uh, two action and a horror movies. Just saying, so and it will be a lot of fun. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, also, what I think is really interesting in terms of the ties that Thanksgiving horror films have mm-hmm. is one of the things that we always associate. Well, you know, with Christmas, a lot of people associate it with again family and gifts, right? But with Thanksgiving, to me, that's the it's, one food yes right? Yeah, right and i'm saying as you know kind of a an unofficial fat guy dining's you know club member and as an official fat a, guy dining club member yes so <laughs> they're intrigued they're always linked together they have that kind of connective tissue if you will the mm-hmm. um the gooey gizzardy goodness <laughs> right they got that you that has those ties together it's and like a big pot pie of just of horror, horror absolutely you know, yeah. and so that's why i think just in terms of kind of putting together our favorite thanksgiving horror films and then also some of our favorite horror films that are tied with food because mm-hmm. that's also another really weird genre that exactly exists. exactly and there's some really fine examples of horror films out there so that being said um I'm, in terms of the ones in terms of Thanksgiving horror films, I think one of the ones that I always think of and I see immediately is the Thanksgiving film. Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Now, let me throw the this evil out turkey. To you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? I've seen chunks of it. I've okay. seen bits and pieces, clips and things, and it is fucking weird. The things that I've seen, I I still have yet to sit down and watch it. But like my fucking cue, you know what I'm saying? It's like ah. Too many. And it's one of those that I always kind of remembered seeing on as a VHS But just goofy, cover. a goofy puppet-looking thing, yeah. Which has its place, don't get me wrong, oh, yeah. because that's one thing that I do love is a good monster film, but it's just in terms of trying to take all the, the familiar elements of Thanksgiving, which is mm-hmm. food. Mm-hmm. You think of the turkey. Mm-hmm. So what do we do? We demonize it. Right. We make it you know, the antagonist, which is kind of, it's not brilliant by any means. But it makes sense. I mean, Uncle Sam, Jack Frost, Santa Slay, you know, whatever. There's, there's tons of of like where the symbol is the villain so and it makes sense and it's, perfect it's, sense it's, again not necessarily low-hanging film but it's right right uh one of the other ones is uh there's a film called blood rage 
Blood Rage? What I have not seen. I haven't seen that one. No, either. and there were, and again, there's even. I've never the, even heard of Blood Rage. No, and that's are you just, talking about Blood Feast? No, 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 not Blood Feast. Okay, because that's, that's that's definitely Turkey. Yes, yeah, it, that's a Turkey of a movie and a Turkey movie. So <laughs> <laughs> one more, and you would have a turkey, you know, almost bowling there. That's, uh, the, the, gobble, the gobble, gobble, gobble to get. Um, <laughs> gobble to gobble. Grab a jello pudding for dessert. Let's give it. But even the uh, the the really familiar ones like Thanksgiving, uh, I'm not familiar with. Uh-huh. So it's obviously a genre I need to explore a little bit more. I think we both need to explore this a little bit more. Well, then my question is to anyone that is listening, you know, what are the ones that we should be viewing then? Because yeah. when you go on and you do like a Google like top horror Thanksgiving films, this, no, it brings up a few, but the same five for right. the most part. So I almost wonder if this is actually a little um, subgenre that's more ripe for Inter- from putting it to start something. Yeah, yeah. because. I could see like evil pilgrims or something evil know? pilgrims could be oh you can again it would be ripe with social commentary because then you could actually have a whole pilgrim native american feud uh-huh. and again any good horror is going to have that kind of good social commentary well one of the uh, just in terms of other thanksgiving horror films and again those um films that are tied with food mm-hmm. the whole idea of a subgenre of food-based horror yeah. is kind of insane uh-huh. and so let me throw this out to you before we start talking a little bit about those would you consider cannibal films in the food genre or is that its own genre in itself i think it's if you make a venn diagram you know what i'm saying i think you could probably do both i mean for example um eating raul could probably be a cannibal and a thanksgiving film you know i could see and that. anything where it's like very feasty and i think even ravenous would be a good thanksgiving film is that on your list well ravenous <laughs> um i actually screened that here for movie night probably two years ago mm-hmm. and had some bloody marys with a uh, bacon slim jeans like the craziest yeah you guys you remember that one were you there for that one caleb no uh, it was fantastic uh but it's one of those films i did for december yeah and more for just the snowy element the snowy cold and the wintery man there are pilgrims i mm-hmm. mean in a way so i mean well, it's, yeah based in i think it was the spanish american war it's fantastic uh-huh. it's a great little film yeah, that no, has and it's one of those that and if it's on Netflix now. Is it? It's on Netflix. Oh, so, so let's consider that a little Netflix nasty. It is a Netflix nasty. We haven't really done that segment in a while. If, if you haven't seen Ravenous, see Ravenous. Fucking Robert Carlyle kills it in this movie. Eats and chews scenery along with, with other, other people. And yeah. And also, and the, the cast in that film is so phenomenal. Fucking Guy Pierce, man. Guy Pierce killing yeah. it. Also, um,. David Arquette. Uh, David Arquette, but also, um, unfortunately, me. alleged diddler Jeffrey Jones as well. Yeah, that's. Well, I don't know if he was a diddler per se. I think it was more something. No, he's on... a diddler, dude. Okay, he was a okay. diddler, which is really a shame because he's also one of my favorite character actors. Right, Mom and Dad saves the world. He was the Dark Overlord in Howard the Duck. The you know, Devil's Advocate. He, uh, let's see what else. Uh, he was in Amadeus as he's fantastic. Uh, King Frederick. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right, Ed Rooney. Uh huh. And so uh, the, the cast. Alone is fantastic, but the fact that it takes on the tale of, um, I believe it was, oh my oh, god, oh, what is his name? But a Packer, real dude, Penny Packer or something, Penny, yeah, yeah, whoever. And they, the guys from um, uh, South Park, when they did their Cannibal the Musical, it was also based on that as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's it's gruesome, mm-hmm. it's gross, but it's funny. Oh, yeah, it's a oh. very it's not a comedy, but it has very comedic elements in it. They open up with a quote where ultimately it's just eat me, yeah, which is fantastic. <laughs> and also the score in the film is fun- oh, it's so good because it's a little off kilter and dissonant. We got to revisit that movie, dude. We oh, need, it, was, we need it played really it. well with the people that because again, a lot of the people here had never seen it before. Yeah, and I remember seeing it in the theater. Me too. I, I, think I we saw were the it. Only I two. sought it out. Yeah. 
It was because it was only playing at the Tivoli. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, that's where I saw it. And yeah. it was around the same time I was really big in the Ain't It Cool dot com. And so see, that was the- same here. They're like grabbing this is a good movie. I'm like, all right, Joe Blow. You know, I'll go ahead and see it. Thanks, Quint. You know. Yeah, there were a few from uh, like Equilibrium. I ultimately saw in the theater <laughs> again. The only person there. Right, that- right. But uh, one of my favorite food is horror films, and it's one that recently came out uh, on Blu-ray, and next week we're actually going to do an episode of what we're thankful for here in horror, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, this, but uh, from Arrow Blu-ray, Arrow Video yep. put out the stuff. Yep, that that's on my list, too. Which is... Chocolate Chip, man. Oh, God, Chocolate Chip Charlie, it's man. It's a great food movie, because at first you're like, oh, I you know, I'm... It's it's about killer yogurt. I've always wondered what this stuff tastes like. There there is a lot of discussion about that. I would like to think it has a, a little bit of a, van, a hint of vanilla, right? But it's a little bit tarty as well. Kind of like maybe maybe uh, a sour marshmallow. It would be heavenly. Yes, ambrosious. Ambrosious. Yes, yes that's exactly where yes. I was going to go with that one. But no, the stuff is fantastic. Maybe it tastes like crack. You know. <laughs> Y'all here for this free stuff giveaway? <laughs> Help me get some of this stuff out of my ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, written and directed by Larry Cohen, uh, starring Michael Moriarty, who just, <laughs> he's always off kilter in Cohen's mm-hmm. play, especially at Q. Q. Uh, he's he's off so off kilter, which makes him makes the movie so much more fun when he's in it, because mm-hmm. you really don't know what to expect, because yeah. he's playing the characters in a different movie, because he's got that southern drawl. I think everybody's in a different movie in this stuff. And uh, Pendleton, the first first week I was ever here in Pendleton Heights, I think I've told this on Nerds of Nostalgia, I had heard that Garrett Morris was at a party, <laughs> like a street over, and I'm like, what kind of neighborhood did I move in? But Garrett Morris himself, Chocolate Chip Charlie, uh-huh. in this film as well. I said, are there any more beers? <laughs> and this film ostensibly is about killer yogurt. Uh-huh. And even the special effects on the blue, it looked fantastic. And it really held up for me. Yeah. Uh, it's because it's also a good little satire. It's a gross movie, too. It is melty and gooey and street trashy. This know? would be, uh, this would make a great double feature with street trash. Uh-huh. Viper and, and stuff. The stuff that gets you, and it gets uh, you from the inside. Uh, yeah. And it's also another one that has a very kind of a downbeat ending as well. <laughs> it, it, it ain't happy. Uh-uh. No, it's fantastic. Um, another one that recently came out, and you had a chance to actually see it in the theater, mm-hmm. and then do a Q and A with with the, Jackie Kong Blood Diner, mm-hmm. yeah, which to me also falls in the food food category because they're ch- chopping up these people to serve food and shit. But the question ultimately is: this a true horror film? Because it's so goofy. It is very goofy. I think it's gory enough to be considered horror. You know, I think it's because if it wasn't any less gore and more campy, it would be, oh, you know, it's more slapsticky. Right. But it's a pretty slapsticky, but it's pretty fucking gory, too, which is really good because it's so campy and over the top. You and know? it came out, what, what is it, in 87, 80, I think? Yeah, 87, something like 86, 87. So. And yeah, it was one of those that was always on my radar. I remember the VHS box cover art really mm-hmm. well, That's but I dope. never saw it until recently. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's, it's a, a lot of fucking fun. It's a whole lot of fun, that one, actually. And that's, they and that just got released. On and that's on so. uh, the Vestron video. They're mm-hmm. enti- so yeah, there's an amazing... Waxworks, uh, Blood Diner, we're going to... We're going to have to do a March Madness for uh, Vestron. For Vestron? Yeah, yeah. no, they, they, that very much leads itself, too, yeah. because the gate is in there as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, they were actually recently on the Shockwaves podcast, the guys that are doing the Vestron video releases. Really? And they were just like, hey, you know, these films are under Vestron. Or can we anticipate some new Blu-rays of them? And so who knows? I'd love mm. to see a gate in Gate 2. Because the Gate 2, I know it's... 
Uh, you know, uh, they they tried. Yeah, they went the same writer and director, which was great. Uh, same Lewis still shows up, which is fantastic. Uh, but yeah, you know, yeah, has its run. So, um, and speaking of Blood Diner, and just in terms of films like that and Ravenous, do you consider? cannibal films to fall under the food as horror genre it all depends i mean it really all depends i mean i wouldn't call i wouldn't consider cannibal holocaust because that's too um gory i would say and it's more like i would think like if the cannibal aspect of it is not in the jungle where there's cannibals out like out and about mm-hmm. or whatever, even in the woods. But if you have a whole tribe of cannibals, then it's a strictly hardcore cannibal movie. Okay, so that but did... something with like like Ravenous, something like Blood Diner, where or eating Raoul, or where the cannibals are kind of like the sub genre, but it's more focused on the food that they're preparing. It becomes more of a connect for where it's just a very sneaky thing. You're like, I see what you're doing there. Because the Blood Diner, it's focused on cannibals, but it's focused on them cooking and eating. Um, Eating Raul, them cooking and eating. mythology. Right, right. I think if they they have to get utensils, then yeah, it's it's a food movie. Okay, I like that. If they're like... Uh, and like tribe uh, cannibal speak right you know then almost it's a cannibal exploitation right then it's a cannibal movie right like, which is a whole nother genre that I've, i i appreciate that it exists right but i'm not gonna go out and openly see cannibal movies no I mean, it's like, the one like green inferno i still haven't seen green okay. inferno okay. i mean I, it's not it's not like my favorite genre i'd rather see a monster movie than a cannibals well those were more, that's almost torture porny yeah th- th- they were dare films for yeah. me back in the day oh, those yeah. are the ones that you know if you were feeling up for it if mm-hmm. you had the gumption you yeah. could maybe watch cannibal you know f- and, holocaust and you know what i felt bad for that poor turtle oh yeah cannibal holocaust oh, yeah i was like this is the, this part is kind of over the line well that it's was one of the films of yeah that actually m- it really met the expectations for me when i saw it i was like ew yeah like, I this don't, was gross that's yeah. why it's not on in my shelf it's not on my no, rotation no i'm not gonna see and i know they've got some great editions of it which on the, some of those special right. lines but and you I, know if that's your thing you know horror fans oh, if, and, if cannibals your thing then you know more power to you just saying here at nightmare junkage <laughs> it's not really our bag but you know we appreciate it so no 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 I'm glad that it exists because I'm it's one of those kind of stepping stones in the mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. just the genre and the way it's yeah. evolved throughout yeah. time uh, no but it's also one of those that again is it arguably part of the and I really think your breakdown is kind of perfect on that um, but no was what about what did you have any other like food films uh, Blood Feast Blood Feast about the where, where Turkey okay now that one I have not seen uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis I believe okay um, a guy eats tainted chicken or tainted turkey turns into a were turkey that only craves human blood so he goes around killing and torturing people to get that sweet sweet juice so yeah it's pretty bad it's not a good movie but not, it's fun okay and fun i don't even film. know if it's that fun i mean it's an old Herschel gordon lewis movie so you know so and that's the really interesting thing in terms of how the generational the yeah. gap and divide can exist because that was back in the 60s when uh-huh. that film, but if you look at it, i mean that's some horrendous heinous shit that yeah. he's doing yeah and putting out there in the world i think that if the special effects were better he would be almost uh chased. do you think he'd be more he'd be, um, no, I, think he'd, I think he'd be chased with like fire and pitchforks 
and villagers and shit. Would have been a little too real. He's pretty fucking gory. You know, well, you I mean, think that he probably had um, an, an influence on like the Jallo movement. And so oh, forth, most with, like, definitely. The bright and you know that he has the influence on like the new crop of like torture porns. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's Herschel Gordon Lewis. You know, well, should he the, that showed up in like Juno of all places, which right. was really bizarre because that gave probably more mainstream exposure, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which ultimately probably was better off for him. Which, but it just shows you the the breadth and how far horror's extent and influence can reach. Another food movie that I like is um, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Oh, how I miss her. One ate my sister. Right? It's so fucking stupid, but I think I've seen that movie at least 20 times because they used to play it all the fucking time back It was in the on heavy rotation on like on Channel 41 because yes. it's a it's basically a PG movie. There's no violence or cussing in it. And <laughs> Whatever those little yeah, bastards are talking and shit. Oh, it was so funny, and just seeing them like run all over people eating them—it's so good. I even like the fucking um, the sequel. I even like the sequels. Wait, sequels? Sequels? It's a franchise. There's I four there movies. Were... Oh, There's Lord. Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes Part Two, Return of the Killer Tomatoes, and the Killer Tomatoes Eat France. There's four of them. <laughs> and then there was a cartoon series, and I watched the cartoon series all fucking time. It was The Adventures of Doctor Gangrene, voiced by uh, Gomez Adams, Sean Astin, and he spliced DNA with tomatoes. So they had action figures, and I had them all. I had the um, snake tomato, and there was like the big boss tomato, and then. And there was a pork tomato, so he was kind of like a pig, a board thing. That makes I had, sense. I had, I had like all of the figurines. It was because they're little fat ass, like mad ball tomatoes, and you could pinch them and their mouth would open like that. And yeah, so it's uh-huh. a bizarre enough of a film to have a franchise to and a cartoon. Into, yeah, and yeah. then you get accessories, mm-hmm. merchandising, mm-hmm. merchandising. Yogurt knew it the best there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, that's one of those films. Also, I vividly remember watching it the first time, anticipating a horror film, but then going, "No, this is totally not like." Well, I should be scared, but I'm still laughing. I think the first time I saw it, I was like five or six. I was real little, and I just th- remember thoroughly enjoying this movie. And my mom saying, "This movie is stupid. This is a stupid." Stupid movie. Why are you watching? I'm like this movie's fun. It's funny. I like the tomatoes. You know, it's so. definitely. I, I don't want to say lowest common denominator. <laughs> no, kind of but, film, it's, but it's, it's stupid. It's a stupid fucking. It movie. serves its purpose well, though. Yeah. I would say on but that I dig one. It. I dig the shit out of it. No, that's a good yeah. one. That's another good one. Actually, what, what's another one that you have on your food list? of the gods? Oh Jesus. So this this is a particular film and another one that has a franchise. Mm-hmm. Well, not a franchise, but at least a, a sequel. sequel. Uh-huh. And I think people probably remember more fondly with the sequel. <sighs> but also this is one of those films that yeah. you, in terms of your whole... Yeah. Part two especially. Ups. Part two especially, because two is more focused on the rats. But Food of the Gods 1, where all the animals get big and evil. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then part two... Billy, this is. I'd like you to say hello to Doctor So and So, and I'd like you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love Food of the Gods. It's those movies are so good. I love I love evil animal movies. I really do. Like a uh, black sheep. Um, there was one called uh, Zarda, the cow from hell. Um, that was a funny movie. I'm just thinking like you know deep, not even deep cuts, but not even, but like the standards like Alligator, uh-huh. uh, Piranha, right. a lot of those uh, good old Corman. No. Yeah, I love Mon. 
an evil animal. The Day of the Animals. I loved that movie. Well, it goes to, again. It strings. It speaks to the versatility of horror, if you will, because you can basically take any element and any turn it into a monster and right? make it into a horror well, film. Look at us. Look at it. Follows an ST demon. You know I'm what I'm not, saying? Anything. I'm telling you, it's, it's more to that. You need to rewatch it. You need to rewatch it without Buck Flower on your mind. I because... can't help it, dude. It's like a Buck Flower. Like goddamn kids. You know what I'm saying? Ah. Uh, Okay. You'll have to give it a rewatch sometime, but no. Uh, would you consider Society? Would I consider it a, a food movie? Because, I mean, they're basically you know, the, the whole the shunting. Uh, yeah, you could actually. I would say. I would actually may, maybe even classify that as a Can- secret cannibal film. Cannibal movie? Yeah. yeah. Just in terms yeah. of uh, the, the rich feasting upon the, for, the, the poor and, of course, making it quite literal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another one. Brian Yunza, <laughs> the screaming mad George doing the effects work on that, which. <laughs> that just, movie's gnarly. <laughs> that movie's juicy. That's Yeah, that's a very, a very moist film there. Um, Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah, Poltergeist. That's a chicken evil. And that's a trauma based film, and correct? It's fucking crazy. It's insanity. So with trauma, there's, I think, the first generation <laughs> of the trauma films, and then kind of the next generation, uh-huh. where the kids that they influenced were now the ones that were directing and mm-hmm. writing the stuff. Because there's a def- like, there's some, always some heinous, gnarly shit in the trauma films. But, when but it's get... with new. It's just got way more over the top. I mean, fucking Toxic Avenger itself is pretty fucking gross. I mean, it's they do some vile shit. But Poultrygeist, that is far and away more gorier. I mean, get people getting their dicks chopped off in the first two minutes. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like okay, I know what kind of movie I'm in for now. You know, I think with trauma, you have to be in the right state of mind for trauma. You have to be ready for a trauma movie. You can't just like, hey, let's watch a movie. Here's Class of Newcomb High. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> what the fuck is that? You know, there's no casual casual watch mm-mm. with a trauma film. You have to like like this movie's fucked up. It's You'll have a fun time, but you're it's fucked up. You plan things around it. You yeah. don't just spontaneously do put that. it on there yeah well i think this is why we ultimately love horror so much is the fact that we do you can find it anywhere and mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. and obviously you know with thanksgiving coming up um, and we can't forget even though it's not a movie our thanksgiving white meat dark meat all will, will be, be carved. carved yeah that's the one i do not want a, f- a feature ba- a feature length film on that i think it exists perfectly as a trailer like uh the ss werewolf woman with yeah uh, women yeah yeah women of the ss werewolf yeah. women of the ss yeah no it is it's the the tone is perfect uh-huh. the the editing on that ed- that trailer is perfect and of course we are talking about uh, eli roth's uh thanksgiving trailer yeah. thanks thanksgiving all will be carved i love that like white meat dark meat be carved because he does He's take just, it to the logical and, uh, slasher right extreme right. eli roth killer rap. slash for a pilgrim and fucking the, this old lady that he just cooked like a turkey you and know there is a school fucking in the film there in, is in the little bit of the trailer there mm-hmm. now it's got and that might be actually the perfect one to to send off with uh, something that doesn't exist and i don't want it to exist no it's perfect as is like Does, a god like 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 you know what? Like, like a fat bowl of mashed potatoes, or the leftovers that have sat for a couple of days, man. Mm, and you make everything. a big ass sandwich, and they kind of all the flavors kind of congealed together. I'm and... gonna throw Jill Six a little shout out here mm. for her Friends references. I'm gonna you know maybe make her a moist maker. Now that's mm. a deep Friends pull right there, and that's for our good friend Jill Gavargazian, Jill Six there. Fuck boy, the the, the goth gangster princess. <laughs> so um, we are gonna release again another episode next week for Thanksgiving. It's gonna be our our giving thanks episode. Mm-hmm. Just the various 
things we're thankful for here in the horror the horror world of 2016. Yes. So you know, keep it safe out there, you guys. Until next time, my name is Greg D, and I'm Hungry McGee, and we will see you in your dreams. Yeah.